This is Vanessa. And Vanessa. And, and this, this is Shit on the Table. We are a grooming podcast for groomers by groomers. We talk about the everyday life of grooming, hot topics, and tell your stories. So we are going to do a fun little episode for you guys since this episode comes out on Halloween. Um, so I hope everybody's doing something fun today. I know it is a Monday. Um, but Halloween is on Tuesday. No, it's on Monday. Is it? Yeah. Because my birthday's on Sunday. Yeah, it's on Monday. Oh. What do you know? Yeah. When did I think there was more days in this month? Anyway, exciting <laughs> Monday. Are you guys doing anything? I'm decorating my backyards to scare trick-or-treaters. You want to come hang out with me? Oh, we're trick-or-treating at home with the babies. We're having the grandparents come over and um, just handing out candy, and they're going to be in their costumes. Okay, well, when it gets lame, come over to my house. (laughs) And we're going to do the exact same, but I'm going to have the trick-or-treaters come into my backyard. Mm-hmm. And we're just gonna have it like a little spooky cemetery. Oh, that's cute. Pass out candy. That's cute. Yeah. Are mm-hmm. the girls going trick or treating, or just gonna pass out candy too? Um, probably a little bit of both. There's not like a lot because of my neighborhood. There's not like a lot of trick or treating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of want to make it a little spicy. So like, if it gets really lame, we can just hang out. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side of the complex I live in has houses and we've trick-or-treated in that side too. And it's all right. We've trick-or-treated our whole neighborhood and then left to go to another neighborhood 20 minutes away, like around my sister's. Um, Cause she goes to like the rich people's neighborhoods and then she goes yeah. trick-or-treating in those neighborhoods. And that's what we did. I think last year. And then the year before, like it was just, it was dead. There was nobody there. So I'm hoping to draw in some more trick-or-treaters at least the day before that weekend. Just make it kind of creepy and see what happens. Nice. Yeah, trick-or-treating is just not the same. You have to find, like, the good neighborhoods that do it. Supposedly, my client's neighborhood, which isn't too far from your house, they um, said that their whole neighborhood does trick-or-treating. Yeah, I mean, we trick-or-treated in your parents' neighborhood, too. Remember, yeah. we walked all the way from my house to your parents' house and trick-or-treated? Yeah, it sucked. Their neighborhood didn't really have anything. It was enough for the kids. Right, but it wasn't like yeah. how it was back in the day. Well, no, because they have trunk-or-treat now, so. Yes. And I still, I know, I know the trauma that trick-or-treating had in the early 90s and the bullshit that came out with the whole like you gotta test everything for poison and I just remember watching my mom eating my fucking candy while she was checking for needles in my trick-or-treating bag and now I still do the same thing so me and Chris every goddamn year we fear monger all the time we're like sorry we gotta check for poison open candy expire drugs weapons and it's like it's never happened 
Yeah. Okay. So it never happened. Like nobody's ever poisoned trick or treater candy. You know what I mean? Like even though that idea has been floating around for 30 years, still there hasn't been like a mass poisoning of trick or treaters. And you would think there would be after 30 years of just like the church pull it, pushing that shit all the way down our throat and whatnot. So (laughs) I'm like, okay, whatever. So I still do it though. I fear monger all my children because like, I want to have the, I want to see what candy they got. You know what I mean? It's fair. It's fair. So I look through the candy and I know they're not going to eat the York peppermint patties. So I'm going to go for the York. Exactly. Shut up. Okay. And Chris eats some weird ones too, like Heath bars and like a hundred grands. And they just want like the lollipops. Mm. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. I always wanted the Reese's peanut butter cups. I'd be trading people candy for that left and right. Yeah. I like Reese's, but the kids like Reese's peanut butter cups too. So like we can't take all of the Reese's peanut butter cups. (laughs) So if one looks a little suspicious, we'll eat those. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I'll fear Mongol. I'll just like mommy tax. (laughs) Is this for mommy walking around? (laughs) well well, they're gonna get to be they're gonna get to be an age where like they don't they don't actually well i don't know i don't know what the future holds like i remember i think once i hit five or six i my parents would just wait outside and we would just periodically come back and just tell them we're going to another block and go Mm. trick-or-treating yeah, I mean, I'm not going to ever do that. We're always going to be with our kids because um, I am paranoid. And honestly, like our family was always with us no matter the age when trick-or-treating. Oh, no, not me. Yeah. Uh, no, we, okay. we, we never had people, <laughs> um, but yeah. Once I hit a teenager ish, um, they kind of so out doing you're out doing your own thing as a teenager anyway. No, I was um, I would take my siblings trick or treating. Yeah, by myself. That's what we would get stuck doing. Yeah. So, but all right. Uh, do we want to touch on what we've been doing grooming wise, or just kind of get right into it? Um, nothing has been really updated as far as grooming wise. I go to work tomorrow and the groomer won't be there. And I'm just very curious because I had one of my old clients reach out to her and this lady kind of, she's always lied to me like all the time, right? Like I can always see through her lies. So I just want to know how the dog did because it says in our system, he's 15 but she told me last time he's pushing 20 and he looks like he's pushing 20 right and this again i haven't i groomed this dog since last december so and uh even before that i would groom the dog maybe two to three times a year come in severely matted and it was always stripped down and whatnot and she'd always lie about like brushing him and shit so you know she was just kind of a pain in the ass client. She'd always mm-hmm. complain to about the price or whatnot. And then she ended up going to one of our one of our old groomers when I was on like maternity leave with Fable. Uh, 
And they were going to charge her $120 to shave down the dog with a 10. And I think at the time I was only charging her like 80 bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause it was just a 10 strip and she, you know, she was like, the dog was old and I was only charging 55 at the time. This was a couple of years ago. I was charging 55 at the time, but then it was $80 cause the dog was so matted. And, um, I never dematted that dog for her. I mean, I, she's like cried and almost walked out and I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> what do you want from me? I'm not dematting this cool ass dog. So then she went to our friend. Um, and the, she looked at the dog and she's like, it's going to be $120. She's like, I'm not dealing with this shit. So then she ended up just waiting my maternity leave. <laughs> like she canceled her appointment and waited my maternity leave to come back to me just because she wanted to save $40. And I'm like, whatever, whatever you want to do, dude. (laughs) She's like, Oh, I just, I I can't afford that. And I'm like, okay, well then don't bring your dog matted. She was only like, she was the same price for a regular groom. If you didn't bring the dog matted, she wouldn't have tried to charge you $120. And whatnot but that's her prices so i'm not gonna argue with her prices or say it was too much or too little you know what i mean if she's charging 120 dollars, then obviously i was too little for however matted the dog was yeah so dang yeah so so i just i'm curious when i see the groomer like how did it go with this dog because the lady is a little I don't want to say she's crazy. I think she's completely normal, like sanity wise, because she's just trying to be like, save she's a buck. Crazy about her dog. I mean, if it's 18 years old and like on its way out. Oh my God, it's 18. Yeah, I told you, like, she, I put it in the system that it was 15 years old because that was my understanding that it was 15 years, or at the time I put it in at like, like 13 or whatever. So I'm thinking it's 15 years old. And the last time I saw her, which was last December, she said the dog was 18 years old. So the dog has to be at this point, 19 years old. You know what I mean? Like, Oh my God. So it's a really, really old dog. He's, he started coming to me when he was old and I've been doing him for a couple years and he's really, really old. And so every time I see him, he's on the decline even though he's fairly healthy, like, but you can tell he's just like, it's at that end of stage decline. Like his eyes went, you know, his bones are much, br- much more brittle. He's a little bit more fragile. Uh, he, his head sways a little bit. Like he's double checking his atmosphere because obviously he's completely blind. You know what I mean? Possibly losing his hearing too, you know? So that was the last time I saw him and that like he, couldn't get much of anything. So like, I'm curious. And I warned my, the owner, I was like, Hey, I don't know what the state of this dog is. I don't keep in touch with this person. I thought she went to another groomer and I thought she was going to continue going with that groomer because it's really hard for old dogs to jump around, you know? And, And I understand like, I'm not in the picture anymore. So if I'm not in the picture anymore, then, then there's something else. So. Well, at least you hope there's something else. Right, I do. But how was your week? 
Um, so I have an update, a quick update, um, with the Bichons <laughs> and the Maltese. Yeah. So yeah. she, I guess, was trying to text me, but for some reason, her texts weren't going through, and she screenshotted that she was actually texting me, but for some reason, I wasn't getting them. Um, mm-hmm. so, but anyways, so let me just start with saying that if I wasn't in the financial position that I'm in, I probably would have fired her, um, for looking for someone else, but I didn't because I need the money. So to make everything work and to accommodate both my husband and her, we are going to, I'm going to be grooming her dog on Thursdays after Harvey gets off work. Um, in the PM? Yep. From three <laughs> or four o'clock to 8 PM. So that's just going to be very temporary until he's done with clinicals and then I'll move her back to Tuesdays. So. Well, I mean, and then she tried to come at me with this different schedule, right? Being like, well, what if we did this? Like, let me know which one works better for you. It was a 12 day schedule every 12 days. So why not just do the every 14 days? It's just a two extra days. She was. Yeah, I I don't understand why 12 days and, and 14 days. Like maybe that just number just like resonates in her head better. You know I, mean? I don't know. I don't know. Cause it was like a Tuesday to Thursday type thing. So it's like 12 days. I don't, I don't know. It was weird. Um, so I was just like, no, we'll just stick with the weekly until he's done. And then I'll go back to our regular schedule. No, our, we're doing the Thursdays at four to eight and then we'll go back to the Tuesdays in the mornings when he's done. So, yeah. Mm. So we worked it so out. Um, and then I bought the um, acid wash spray from Sniff. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't really notice anything. So I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing. What is the acid watch spray? Is it like it's a dry spray? Yeah, no, it's supposed to be like a leave-in conditioner, I think. Like mm-hmm. you're supposed to it she claims it does the open and close. Um and there's a lot of claims for this spray. So I'm not sure if it's actually doing anything or not. Um but I've been using it. But I still like, I bought her face wash again. I really do like her face wash. Um, the whip. So. Yeah. But I don't know. I I don't know. I got the non-scented. So like there's no smell. It's just hypoallergenic. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I like, I love, I love the ability. Like I love that she's putting out non-scented items because you know, I understand a light scent to certain shampoos is always going to be, you know, good in case there's like stronger chemicals in it. Um, but otherwise, if there's not stronger chemicals, then don't add any fragrance. 
Yeah, you know, that's one of the reasons why I did buy the the spray is because it was a hypoallergenic spray. And uh-huh. a lot of the bigger companies, all their sprays usually have a scent to it. And, so, and it's a stronger scent than their shampoos would be. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the static spray that I use from Arturo. It has a baby. Smell I hate to that spray. I, I do hate. I hate the baby powder smell. I do too, but I like. I really the like static. that spray though. I do too. And so it's mm-hmm. like, I'm stuck. And why does the static spray need smell well i can you know understand I mean? yeah i can understand a lot of the arteros having smell because they have butane in them because they're all aerosol even though they say that they're not aerosol they're all technically aerosol yeah so because they're aerosol they have to have butane in them and that butane is just like it, it goes away it's not like part of It's just, you know, so like, that's going to be kind of strong. Well, I hate it. So I think I'm going to keep it around because of that. Mm -hmm. And they give, she gives you a big bottle. Maybe I should test it and not um, use it and see what the coat feels like. I haven't done that yet. I don't know why. Um, But I've been... I, wa- I don't want to say frothing my best shot conditioner because it doesn't really froth. But what it does do is it like makes a mixture. Mm-hmm. It actually mixes the conditioner into the water. And so it's like a soupy conditioner, but it's not chunky I love conditioner. Fe- I love it. I love it when it's, it feels like, like kind of like almost like a watery yogurt. Just like. Yeah. It's like, um, what's that? What's the milk? Like basically the water milk, vitamin D milk. No, that's like two percent skim milk. No, it's lower than two percent milk. Oh, I don't know, zero percent, one percent. I think it's skim milk is the lowest. Where it's just like kind of like it's just he- like a slightly heavy water. <laughs> yeah, milky. yeah, that's what it is. That is exactly what it is. And so, like, my coats aren't as heavy as it is just using the conditioner straight. I've been loving it. Yeah. It's been fun. Um, So I'm still getting that desired look that I'm looking for, but still softer. It, 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 <clears throat> it still is a little bit heavier than the K9, but I'm still getting a nice fluff to the coat, so... Well, I mean, you also have to think we're coming into the winter months, so maybe a heavier conditioner is going to be needed because it's so dry. Well, it's dry here year-round. True. Dry here. Year-round. All right. So, you're probably asking yourself, what is this fun episode that you're talking about or a special episode? What is it? What can it be? So we got some creepy dog stories from the internet. Um, I have, I only read the, like the title and if they're lame, we'll edit them out. But like (laughs) Vanessa was going to go read these and I'm like, no, don't read them. And you guys don't understand like Vanessa getting scared is the funniest thing in my life. 
Like, it just brings me so much joy how terrified she gets of just anything. The wind makes a spooky sound and she's terrified. And I love it. It's hilarious. So we're going to get started. Um, And you've probably heard some of these stories. Um, Maybe, maybe not. You never know. I know you haven't. You don't search out those spooky things, but... That's not true. I'm the one who told you what creepy pastas were. And you weren't even good on describing what creepy pasta was anyway. I, so yes, like, I, I don't did. Think I said there's you did not stories on Reddit. It's a Reddit it, thing. That's it's a YouTube pa- thing. No, it's not. Creepy pasta started on Reddit. Then people started getting... Like they heard of creepy pastas, so then they started putting them on podcasts. They just read them off of Reddit, and then they okay. tell them on YouTube. It creepy pasta is from Reddit. That's where it's derived. From. Okay, so so not all of these are creepy pastas, but they are scary stories from the internet. So um, well, let's get into it and let's see. Um, when I take a pause, Vanessa, you can go ahead and react because I, I want to react when I want to. I know, but like I <laughs> want to be able to see it and I have to read at the same time. So it's kind of difficult because you're on a small screen. All right. So this title is I wished the dogs would be quiet until they were. I'm packed and ready to leave. So I got some time to write all this down. Grandpa is Uh, talking with the two trucks that just pulled up still waiting on the last one then we're headed north for now i've got time to kill i've always meant to do this and it's officially now or possibly never fair warning this is a long one folks eight pages buckle up if anyone's in east texas wants to tag along message me blah 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 we're gonna get into it My hands tongued out at the pillow on my head. It didn't help. This was the third night in a row. They were unhinged in the tree line. And my room at the end of the double wide trailer put me right beside their ceaseless barking. I peered to my left as my thumb unlocked the iPhone screen on the nightstand. 1.30 a.m. I thought how I'd ask my dad about kenneling them on the porch, knowing that he'd give me some excuse about them being necessary for our home. The first line of defense, our protectors, our alarm system. Looking back, we should have realized it then. To their credit, Daisy and Rose excelled at their duty. All manner of interlooper received a billowing cascade of howls and barks on our property. I thought how scared a single raccoon, possum, or coyote must have felt when the sisters barreled into the tree line at them, shattering the peace of the night. The echoes that trailed through the woods gave every impression there were more than two guards. None stayed to find out. They often startled me awake when the pair flew off the porch in an eruption of sound. My room filled one corner of the trailer pointing east towards our driveway, the forest a dozen yards beyond. My uncle and cousins hand built the pine porch that I unfortunately shared a wall with. I had no bed frame. My mattress was on the floor next to my stubby short nightstand. On the years, over the years, I've learned the pattern of footsteps both inside our trailer and outside our porch. I could feel them. Um, I feel that living in a trailer is a really rough. Walls are thin. 
(laughs) The heavy book-clad stomps of my father, the dainty steps of my little sister, the multiple light paws as the girls returned from driving off a would-be invader. I could identify everyone by their steps. The dog's normal process was broken the last few nights. Normally, once an intruder was identified, one of them would sound off. The second one would answer the call, affirming backup. Together, they would drive with speed and resonant resonant, resonant fury towards the enemy. They charged the trees. The interlooper fled. The night returned to peace. We never had more than one incident per night. Um, though it was always jarring when it occurred. This was different. For three nights straight, Daisy and Rose came alive with activity as soon as the evening dusk gave way to the full darkness. They slept during the day now, not naps, deep, full sleep to regain their strength from the uh, prior patrol. They together, uh, then together, they prowled the edge of the backwoods, low growls, occasional half grunts, ran with full duration of the night. More than once, they would erupt in blistering, synchronized anger, but eventually turn to their tense surveillance. There were no more one-off encounters ended with a blitzkrieg of ferocious intimidation. It was hourly now, consistent. Whatever drove off kept coming back. I rolled onto my back and stared at the lightly luminescent sticky stars on my ceiling. My baby sister and I found a bag of them at the local dollar store and my father always melted um, under the combined pressure of his daughters. We initially agreed to split the bag between our rooms, but after putting half up in mine, she insisted we needed them all to make a real night sky. She slept in my room for a week straight after that, together looking at the tapestry of glimmering plastic. Our own little universe. I stared at them as the barking pushed further away, me silently hoping they continue into the distance for the remainder of the late hours so I could get some sleep. This was when my life changed forever. At first, I thought my exhausted mind played a trick. Reminiscing about building galaxies with my sister had pulled me away from reality, and the sharp, distant yelp brought me back. I sat up in my bed, held my breath, perked my ears. The still far barking became high-pitched, strained, desperate. It was coming closer and most noticeably it was alone. At 15, I was probably too old to too old to still wear the pink My Little Pony pajamas my aunt got me for Christmas, but they were just too comfy. Clothed feet slid into loose flip-flops as I stood to make my way to the door. There was no doubt in the second yelp, followed by a hyper-stuttered half-bark, half-squeal, much closer than before, practically in our driveway. It strained, it struggled, and ended abruptly. For the first time in three nights, I finally got what I wanted, and it filled me with dread. Silence. Where's I opened her my dad? Door. <laughs> like, where's her dad? Like, why aren't they doing something? Um, I don't know. Maybe the dad didn't, um, like, maybe the dad doesn't hear it, because she says, she says that she shares her wall with the door and the patio so like she hears everything he might be on the other side of the trailer all right sometimes you get used to barking if you have incessant dogs you know yeah 
Okay. I open my door at the same time my little sister opened hers. Her 10-year-old frame peeked nervously around the edge of the white door across from mine, eyeing me over the small gap that separated our rooms and led to the kitchen. Before either of us could step onto the five-feet-long, four-feet-wide landing of a carpet that separated us, my father's shadow bursted into the kitchen, shotgun in hand. Well, there he is, Vanessa. Okay. With a shotgun. <laughs> Stay in your rooms, lock your door, he commanded mid-stride. My mother's smaller frame quickly waddled behind him in a purple nightgown. He hit the front door with force. My room rattled as the wood slammed against the outer wall. I felt his steps hurtily descend the five porch stairs and vanish into the drive. The glow from the now lit overhead porch light illuminated a single yellow square from the front door's window. The light stretched down onto the linoleum to my right, just past the dining table and landed next to the little gap between our rooms. Mom's shadow appeared in the moment later. I heard every lock we had latched between worried fingers. Mommy, my little sister asked with a child's innocence. Neither of us moved from our respective door cracks. Mom rounded the corner, hurried fingers, fumbled with her, fumbled with her phone. It's okay, Melissa. It, it's going to be okay, she said. She lied. It's hard to describe the square of light on the kitchen floor next to me, how it's burned into my memory. The front door was just around the corner from my room. It would be easy to take two rights and walk straight outside to see the situation with my own eyes. To no longer linger in the tense confusion, I would not be able to see anything from only a window in my room, which faced south on the long side of the trailer. Curiosity began to get the better of me, but I stayed. My mom walked into my sister's room, attempted to confront her and guide her back to sleep. As the oldest, I received no consideration, though I stood there uh, a long while as if expecting it. I could see their shadows moving inside Melissa's room. I could hear their worried whispering. My heart sank when I felt the first step of the porch bend downward the thought of it being my father vanished as the weight warped and popped the boards underneath its mass my breathing halted again but this time not by choice instinct froze me in place paralyzed everything a second heavy footstep cracked the third board completely skipped the second i stared at the golden square of light next to me anticipation and fear grew in equal amounts the fifth porch step protested next the boards buckled and twisted beneath the monstrous weight the contrast in what haunts me the most i think the shadows of my loving mom and sweet sister in the darkened half-lit gloom across my door the hairy black shape that grew into the yellow square shining on the kitchen floor i could see both practically one in one in each eye comfort and love unknown and horror things cherished and a thing i feared even from the silhouette i could see the hair was coarse and all-encompassing a large cone-shaped head rose wide from a wide shoulder i couldn't tell if it had a neck not much taller than my father yet horrifyingly heavier if faced through the window unable to see any of us from the unlit kitchen and around the sharp corner luckily we had turned on no other lights but it wasn't sure if it could hear their muffled conversation as quiet as it was 
I found some courage at that slowly open. I found some courage at that slowly opened my door wider, prepared to sneak over to them and locked ourselves inside Melissa's room together. I heard a guttural low growl and somehow I knew it was annoyed. It turned to its side, looked up. The shadow of its face was long, too long. It looked like a large eyebrow, looks like large eyebrows. Fell into a flat nose and a jaw that extended well down to its well down to its chest. I couldn't see the rows of teeth therein, but knew they were there. I couldn't think of a single animal with a large oval-shaped head like that. Not even a mythical, uh, not even a mythical of one. Um, with the twin sounds of a small grunt and glass breaking, the light from the porch vanished. The kitchen plunged back into the near complete darkness, taking the yellow square with it. I heard my mom and sister pause, finally aware, finally aware something was out there. If they had tried to look now, it would see them. I had to prevent that. My foot lightly touched the carpeted space between our doors. The entire trailer shook with a violent impact and a deafening primitive roar. The front door slid past the kitchen floor, buckled into the center and nearly split in half. Hinges, locks, glass, and splinters flew like insects. They ricocheted and clattered clattered off every surface hanging lights and closed blinds swung as the entire trailer rocked on its foundation instantly i moved without thought without choice somehow i knew this was one of um, my one chance a desperate and reactionary motion to use this momentary chaos to mask my actions a storm of sound to cover my own i grasped my sister's door handle and slammed it shut instantly retreating into my own room in the same motion and slammed mine as well only then did i register the massive bloody footprint on the crumpled front door i sat on the floor back again against the plain wooden door that would not save me. My breath, my breathing became a ragged mess, shallow and still too noisy, even with both hands latched over my mouth. Head was dizzy, ears thumping from the hefty dose of adrenaline. My brain flushed into every corner of my body. Yet even then, the only clear thought and repeated in my mind was a desperate plea for my mother and sister not to scream. That thought shattered as the new material twisted and and cried nearby, linoleum, a single titanic foot crushed glass and tile underneath. Heavy, deep sniffs filled the kitchen with more curiosity than anger. Maybe we would be lucky and the hungry noise would lead it to the pantry near the front. Maybe it would leave after gorging itself on potatoes, bread, and apple cinnamon toast crunch. I waited, cool beads of sweat formed on my skin, back still pressed against the bedroom door. To their credit, my mother and sister could have vanished for all the sound they made. A second step bent the floor again as it fully entered our home. I considered running then. This was my best chance. I glanced at the trophies on the shelf, some toppled from the earlier impact. 
most earned as the starter for the track and field relay race team with a few from various cross country meets. I was fast, surely faster than that huge thing. If I went now, I'd be within arm's reach of it only briefly, but the element of surprise was on my side. I could run straight through the trailer and head out uh, out the back door in the laundry room. I didn't know the layout inside. Another advantage, this was the best time to lead it away. Then I could surely outrun that massive monster once it got outside, right? My budding confidence exploded in the same manner that the dining room table did. It slammed against the back kitchen table like a comet, shattering con- countertops, drawers, and itself in the process. It had taken both my father and uncle to move that heavy oak table up the porch steps and finagle, fandangle it through the door. Uh, two men to move it, and this thing just... The muffled sound from my mother's room might as well have been a single flare. The monster paused, enveloped itself in a hunter's silence, like me, held perfectly still. The single accidental sob of a frightened 10-year-old girl ended as fast as it came, but it was noticed. I eyed my trophy rack, now consider which would be the best to stab an eye or wedge down an uh, open throat, even if my terror... um, even if it went for my family. I would go down fighting to protect them. My hands glistened with sweat. The greenish light that my fake galaxy above reflected from them filled me with faux bravery. I misplaced confidence to fight monsters with no training, no ability, and most importantly, no actual weapon. I needed to improve if I could, fast. It was so fast, the monster moved with speed, unbefitting its weight. With two massive strides, it was between our doors. This time, the feet were maddeningly quiet, impossibly quiet. It did not keep the momentum through their door. Instead, it paused on a small carpeted gap. I felt it lower itself, squatted into a crouch. Its its breath was heavy, invasive. Horrible nostrils uh, pulled at the air between us, and it waited, quiet, patient. Again, I realized the only thing between me and it was an inch of hollow wood. My lungs halted complete when it rushed, but the rancid smell of its oily hide entered my nose anyway. My eyes watered. uh, Small tears formed in the corners. Dear God, please. It was huddled right behind me. I stared at my short nightstand and my phone. It seemed miles away. All my confidence, all my internal bravado gone. Someone save me. Please, God, don't let me be torn apart by this monster. I considered crawling for my phone, but I knew I could never do so without alerting it. I could picture that long face on the other side of my door, crouched low with matted hair atop powerful meat. Layers of primal muscle coiled into piles of potential violence, waiting for one of its victims to lose their composure. I wondered if it felt pleasure in that. Highlights pierced the edge of the south-facing window's blinds. The sound of the parting gravel heralded the approach of a large vehicle. Uncle Rick's Silverado. Had to be. He only lived a mile up the road. That's right. My mother had her phone with her. My cousin James was on leave from military from the military he'd be with him for sure a sense of release rose in me briefly i knew when it noticed them its long 
breaths, pause with realization. I felt its massive weight turn, still crouched next to me. Its bulk brushed against my door hinges, strained it as it pushed inward against my back. That almost broke me. I stayed there still low and waiting. I had to know, uh, it had to know I was here. It had to. Its breathing resumed, now much lighter and nasally, but still long. I planted my palms slowly and silently onto the carpet with one of its inhales, trying to mask my movement. I rooted my trembling limbs to the floor, tried to prevent them from shaking the wood behind me. God, we were leaning against the same door now. Three distinct slams echoed outside, an extra person I didn't expect. Good. A mumbled conversation grew even closer. Sudden terror gripped me as they approached the porch. I realized it was waiting. I had to warn them. I had to tell them it was here. But how? My heart raced with uh, surety that they... Uh, they were walking into an ambush. A horrifying awareness dawned on me then. Knowledge of the beast's intelligence. Knowledge that only I possessed. Knowledge that more of my family walking into danger. I could scream, but it would kill me before any any help could make it to me. I could run, try to jump through the window. It would take the monster a few moments to realize, and I would be able to warn my uncle outside. But if the glass didn't break, it would be through the door and rip me to shreds before anyone else got inside. I could sneak for the phone. The monster's paying more attention to the men approaching now. But that was an assumption, a dangerous one, considering it continued to lean against the same door I did. The voices pushed uh, paused outside. The monster's breath matched. Silent moments passed. Then the first boot hit the wooden step. It apprehensively approached the darkened, shattered doorframe on the porch. It was horrifying how lightweight that boot was. Two others ascended behind the first, three men in total. I could picture the raised rifles in front of the scanning eyes, unsure if there was even a threat left, wondering if it was a bear or a mountain lion, none of them dreaming of the monstrously strong beast awaiting them inside, ready to strike. I was running out of time. They were all going to die. We were all going to die. The first steps made it into, it made it to the doorframe. Uncle Rick's voice whispered, holy shit. The boot crunched. Huh? Dead. He's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Like in the movies, that's kind of like what happens, right? Yeah. You see it and it's just like, wow, that was quick. (laughs) His boots crunched the shattered glass as he entered our kitchen cautiously. The monster took a deep breath, uh, took a deep, quiet inhale, lungs filled with fuel to slaughter my family. Chills ran down my back in waves. Coldness gripped all my organs. Every pause, pulse filled with ice. Tears ran freezing trails down my cheeks. My teeth gritted in frustration. I looked up at the viridescent stars through a thought of my sister. Hands clenched into trembling fists. Numbness filled my muscles. But I made my choice. 
I screamed. Looking back, I think I wanted to say words, but they were panicked and flighty. I just remembered my voice felt as a volcano in the Arctic, a rush of heat exploding out in defiance of the cold embracing, uh, in defiance of the cold embracing every inch of me. A piercing, agonized screech of utter and complete fear burst into the night air. The monster met my scream with a bellow of its own. It's ironic how some emotions permeate every language, even in nature. The staggered wail was not of anger at its plan being foiled, nor was it joy at the one of its victims finally losing their composure during the hunt. It roared in pure, unadulterated shock. A hole appeared next to my head, a second later, an explosion of splinters and anger entered my dimly dim green galaxy. Large gray fingers uncoiled from the fist. They were a moment before. Claws black and dirty, slick with blood still. Red mangy hair covered the back of the hands and the entire forearm. The monstrous palm opened and swung inward towards my head. My entire body hit the ground in a curled ball. There was no more plans. There was nothing else I could do. I had cast the die, um, die now. I did all I could. Two of its fingers found a uh, purchase in the loose fabric of my pajamas. Panic racked my everything as they curled into its grip. I pressed my back to the bottom of the door, screamed again, and this time I was answered by a gunshot. Most people only know guns from movies. You see the hero shooting his pistol in the stairwell or a tight corridor or a submarine, and then they have conversations with ease. Guns are not quiet. The first blast inside the trailer rattled my skull and replaced most of the sound with a constant ringing. Um, though even that con uh, consistent monotone chime didn't overtake the pain screeched of the monster as its back hit my sister's door. Uh, though my hearing was hampered, I dared not look through that hole. I could piece together some of what happened from the vibrations communicated through the trailer's floor. Mumbled shouts, more boots, the kitchen filled with challengers. The monster charged its gate too large, too fast. It was on them. Gunshots pierced the ringing, made it worse. The floor trembled with collision and mass. The wall behind me rattled with impact, a weighted thud to the floor. It scampered and rose, returned to the fight. Dishes and glass were uh, glass shattered, cabinets warped, chairs broke, as did bones. Gunshots gave way to fevered screams and anguished roars. I hoped my warning had saved someone, anyone. Please say it helped. My trembling, my trembling increased as the brawl ended. Newly gifted tinnitus masked the victor and the floor had become des depressingly silent. The only vibrations was an odd random shake that paused in 
uh, irrational intervals. I rose slowly to peer through the hole in my door. What little I could see of the kitchen was destroyed. Nearly every inch slicked with bright blood. The metallic tinge overwhelmed my nostrils. A large bloody splotch adorned the ceiling, red handprints on each side. One tan work boot laid on the counter with two jagged splintered bones still in it. Cabinets hung from the wall were missing were missing entirely and a destroyed stool laid in a heap on the stovetop. So like she just saw a, a boot with a with bones in it? Yeah. Like she just found a foot. She just saw a foot, yeah. He like ripped the foot off. Damn. Yeah. Mangy red form rose from the other side of the small island coarse ragged hair now matted in blood it faced away from me twisted and jerked a horrifying rip pierced my ears ringing pierced the ringing in my ears the monster dropped something heavy on the kitchen floor it landed with a flat permanent thump it stood to its full height slowly and i could see its long gray jaw move as it chewed Yet it seemed to wobble, reeling, reeled slightly. For the first time of the night, its footing felt unsure. As if it turned back towards me, I ducked in realization. A promise from before, a vendetta not finished. It had won, and now it was time for revenge on the small creature that startled it. That ruined its crafty ambush, um was to blame for every bit of damage and pain it felt now. I returned to my ball this time with complete hopelessness. Panic overtook me, sobbing tears now, a constant fight to keep silent. It was going to kill me, I was sure. It was going to eat me. The massive foot landed with wetness, blood so thick on the kitchen floor I could actually feel it. A second less sure step landed after that, but to... Uh, my surprise, it was headed towards the front door. It staggered, planted full weight behind each exhausted step. One football crunched glass near the doorway. The heavy knees collapsed down into the tile. It held there a moment, then toppled forward, shaking the outer porch with the bulk of its torso, landing no resistance. Half inside, half outside, it right uh its ragged breasts large enough to vibrate through the floor now. Then stillness. I waited out of fear, shock, disbelief. My mind raced as the weight of loss finally caught up to it. My dad, uncle, cousin. That wasn't supposed to happen to people, to entire families. After a minute, I found my resolve as my rational mind regained control. I crawled to my phone on the nightstand. I palmed it in sweaty, quivering hands. My back leaned against the wall, the porch steps just on the other side, waiting for it to rise to continue its rampage, but it didn't. A sob brewed as I looked at the family photo on my phone's background, typed the password in as pained wetness blurred the numbers, exhaustion and anguish finally breaking the levee that held them this long. I can't describe the feeling that uh, when that solid heavy foot crunched onto the second porch step. Oh God. My hands moved in a blur, the message clear and direct. I stared at don't move until it, conf it confirmed as sent. 
quietly I prayed mom would see it fast. The new monstrous feet climbed the stairs and paused in front of the first beast in our doorway. Impossibly another set ascended after that. Two more. My screen lit up a message from my mom. Where are you? Before I could type twin roars rattled the wall I leaned against. Primal, guttural, yet somehow more human. They continued for a solid minute. Each paused only briefly, but never at the same time. Eventually, they faded back into silence. My ears returned to a single constant ring. Maybe they had descended into quieted grunts I was able to hear. Um, maybe even tears. The weight, weight of the dead, one lifted with terrifying ease. And the two creatures descended the steps of the porch back into the night. So two more monsters came and took the dead one? Yeah. Damn. Well, I don't think the other one was dead. I think it was just kind of limping. Like, just not... Yeah, it probably was dying. But, like, two more. It collapsed. Whatever. It was hurt. Yeah. Um... It was finally over. Mom and I texted back and forth. I told her to call 911 and I would stay put and warn her if those things come back. Even though I couldn't hear much, I could feel and I was too close to the wall to risk calling for my help for myself. Um, I couldn't hear well enough to speak with a dispatcher anyway. She texted me back and said she had reached several family members and the police were already on the way. Looking back, she made the right choice. If she had panicked and called herself, we'd all be dead. A half an hour went by. I had courage to move to Melissa's room. I was finally sure they were gone. My mom sobbed uncontrollably as she hugged me tighter than she had ever. I told her and my sister not to go out there. They didn't need to see any of that. Neither protested. Even uh, traversing the tiny gap between our rooms scarred my heart forever. James's body was crumpled against the end of the island, one arm missing at the shoulder, both orbital sockets replaced with a long horizontal gash. His bottom jaw hung by one joint. Unfortunately, the one furthest from me, I got to see how few teeth remained in there. Didn't see my uncle or whoever the third person was. I didn't want to. I didn't want to look back uh, for my dad or Daisy or Rose. I shut the door to the carnage, retreated in my mom and my uh, with my mom and my sister, crouched in the corner with them. Fear, grief, and injustice felt in silence for so for so long, finally realized, received voices. We bawled in huddled anguish, the pain of living, the guilt of surviving. We wept in victorious misery. It had been one year. Three things happened after that night. My baby sister lives in Mimwa in Seattle. My mother hasn't been sober since. I spent every day at Grandpa Murphy's. My father's father, a retired sheriff, military vet, and self-proclaimed gun nut. He taught me everything about them, shooting, cleaning, uh, sighting, calibrating. He got me a Remington 20-gauge shotgun for my 16th birthday. I'm ready to put it to use. I suppose you want to know the count everyone does. Dad was dead. I didn't hear how didn't care to my uncle rick my cousin james and one of his military friends i feel bad i forgot his name 
all closed casket funerals, all heroes I never got to thank, braving something monstrous and violent while I hid away worthless and pathetic, laying in a ball as they died. Every single night I hear it breathing next to me. Every single night I get to relive the screams, hear them die, feel them die. I lay there every time doing nothing. Maybe something as simple as grabbing its leg would have saved one of them. Maybe stabbing it with a relay race trophy could have saved them all. But that little girl was so afraid to die that night. Did. I never, uh, I'll never be helpless again. I dropped out of school after that. They had me on several medications I've stopped taking. Uh, they took, uh, my edge off. They took my edge off, made me dull. I've been training with grandpa, even in his, in retirement, he's maintained his fitness, still able to march up and down the mountains on a bi-monthly hunt excursion I've been joining him on. We've practiced with rifles, small arms, close quarter fighting, and several months of Krav Maga. The last one is more for fitness and good for a young lady to know, Grandpa says. He's always apologizing to me, saying he wishes he would have been there. I do too. But he shouldn't feel that guilt. It wasn't his fault. There was a triple homicide somewhere east of Livingston being a, an ex-sheriff has its perks. Grandpa said to pack light that code for we will be moving a lot. It's finally time. My preparation is about to pay off. I'm taking two of my favorite pistols and um, I named them Daisy and Rose. Fitting, iconic, poetic. Call it what you want. This all started with Daisy and uh, with, a, with a Daisy and a Rose barking in the night. It's going to end that way, too. Oh, so she's going to be a hunter now. Yeah, sounds like Bigfoot, right? Bigfoot? No. It sounded like the, like the devil. The devil is usually kind of depicted as something a little bit more uh, sophisticated, more human, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't know. Could be. I don't know. It sounds like a Bigfoot or like some sort of monster like that. Yeah. She said it was bigger than like a bear. So can we talk about how irresponsible the mother is in this situation? The moment the dad went outside, she should have grabbed both children to be in the same room. Well, she was trying to put the other one to sleep. That's stupid. You know that there's something dangerous going on, right? You just witnessed your husband walk outside well, with a firearm. She should have immediately grabbed both children. Not stupidly try and put the other one to sleep while the other one is left to fend for itself. Like on the side of where the the monster is, right? Yes. It's probably like an extra dimensional beast that just got like really pissed off of hearing those dogs bark too. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's that was pretty good. Like it got me going for like a second. It said that they were in the Washington area, so that's like where Bigfoot is. Yeah, but I thought Bigfoot was not necessarily docile, but like if you leave it alone, it leaves you alone type deal. 
Um, I don't know. There was like this weird documentary on Hulu that I never finished watching, to be honest. But it was all about weed country and like how like the cartel and like other gangsters were like like monopolizing the weed country and there was like executions, but then there was also other things that were not explained. Like basically like people would come up like torn to pieces and they're like, no, we've seen mountain lion deaths and bear deaths, but like not to this caliber, like where people are just like, like torn to pieces so easily. You know what I mean? So and then they were suspecting that it was Sasquatch in like the the Northern California area. And I never finished that uh, documentary because um, cryptids like are creepy and shit. But like, uh, I don't want to obsess over them. I just don't want to run into them. Just tell me where not to go, and I won't go there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I am not. Very- I don't like go deep into the mountains like i just stick to where like the people are and yeah you know not journey too far because we don't know we don't know what's in there you know what i exactly. mean exactly it's not my backyard is a slab of concrete i don't venture even if i ventured further than my backyard it's still like more concrete so like i don't have any skills like I've gone camping before, but it's like campsites. Yeah. And I always prefer the ones that have hot showers or a shower. You know what I mean? Uh, so I could go without the shower, but I'm not gonna go like deep into the woods, you know, if that's not a typical campsite. Exactly. Ugh, I'm not about that life. So no either. So this that's, one is called My Dog Was Lost. For it. Who? The cryptids? Yeah, for sure. No, the, um, like, going camping out into the woods, like, deep in the woods. Okay, first of all, they're living in a trailer, like, it sounds like they're living in a single trailer and on a property. So, like, I don't think they were, like... Uh, you get like they weren't no, not, moving not them just like oh. people who go camping in random spots in the mountains and woods it's like you're yeah. asking for it yeah yeah I think people think they're just more skilled than what they are but I think that's just like how humans are right okay so yeah, my dog lost time for one more okay so this one is, my dog was lost for three days. What came back wasn't my dog. Ooh. As a kid, I was... <laughs> like a changeling of... Changeling. Change. Changeling of dogs. Okay. So, like, that is one of my biggest fear is, like, dementia. Like, in anybody. Like, close to me. Mm-hmm. And in a dog, too. Like, if the dog starts not being the dog I knew, I think it would devastate me or does not recognize me. I'm pretty sure the dog would be fine, like not recognizing me, like living its life. But like I would be devastated. That would hurt my soul. For sure. Right. Yeah. Okay. As a kid, I was raised on a small fishing community on the eastern side of Canada, surrounded by the Gulf of St. Lawrence and the Boreal Forest. The entirety of the land was close to 4,000 foot square with... 
an even smaller number of residents sprawled out over Main Street. The main road running through our little town and farming houses spread widely between areas of trees that were changed to domestic residential homes when agriculture stopped being profitable. In total, our community is surrounded by a vast expanse of ocean and a seemingly endless barrage of trees that spread over 55% of Canada's entire country. I spent most of my life hunting in those woods. So you, so you can imagine my joy when my parents got me a hunting dog. Sandy was a Shet a Shetland sheepdog. Is that a hunting dog? I oh, okay. So Sandy was a Shetland sheepdog. And while they were more fit to be herding and tracking uh, sheep yeah. over yeah, over grassy paint plains rather than rabbits and deer through dense forest, it didn't stop me from taking him with me on every excursion I possibly could. Sandy had been by my side for enough hunting trips that he'd grown accustomed to waking up just before breaking daylight and on a few occasions helped track down small game like squirrels and rabbits through considerably large areas of forest. Sandy wasn't my property and wasn't treated like he belonged to me. Sandy was a member of my family, my best companion, and my truest friend. I think fondly back on all the times he sit in the front seat of the truck without being told, ready to go for a walk in whatever part of the forest I took him to. I can honestly say that there was, there will never be a dog that will fill the void Sandy left in my life. Oh. I find that dog lovers relate to that sentiment more than others. It was October 30th. Ooh. Hey, that's my birthday. Oh my God. I, I'm looking 30th. at you. I'm looking at you when I say that and you're just like, do, 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 do. Five seconds later. Hey, that's my birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was cool. October 30th, the first day of deer hunting season. I had been uh, talking with my family about taking Sandy, my hunting gear, and some essentials to one of the cabins my grandfather owned in his heyday off an unmarked road a few hundred miles into the wilderness for a few days. That sounds awful. No, but that okay. sounds like a bad idea. Unmarked road? Like, what? How are people going to come to your rescue? Can Yeah, can things just be marked and, like, easy to access and, like, just hope that, like, deer because like if it's deer like that happened like in indiana like when it comes to deer season they're all over the place like you cannot get away from them you can shoot them in your own backyard okay yeah all right but i guess they just um, want like something specific yeah um we have a deer hunting season here too do we really where's our deer it's you go um i think it's those goats Maybe not deer, but it's like goat hunting. What? Yeah. my I didn't know that until um, it's like, or maybe he goes to Utah. No, I thought it was here in Nevada. Like he drives up a little bit north or something. And he goes hunting. I had been talking with my family about taking Sandy, my hunting gear, and some essentials to one of the cabins my grandfather owned in his heyday off an unmarked road a few hundred miles into the wilderness for a few days. This was met with a lot of protesting, but nothing could stop me from getting in some time for wild game in an area that wasn't already picked clean by illegal hunters earlier on in the month. 
Everything was packed into an old blue Ford, Sandy included. A few hours of driving later, we were setting up camp in one of my grandfather's secluded old cabins. Here's where things got fucked up. Sandy, I'm so, so sorry. I had spent most of my, most of the time of my life being in the wilderness. There was only a handful of times that things had gotten weird for me, but usually everything can be explained with scientific reason. That's why I brushed off Sandy's weirdness on the first few nights, chalking it up to nervousness of a dog that's capable of hearing the far off noises of various coyotes, wolves, bears, and moose. This was untouched territory, of course. Of course, there had been plenty of time for the wildlife to set up camp here, too. The first night was fairly normal. I had set up Sandy's bed in the corner of the living room next to the TV that looked like it came out of the early 90s. <laughs> the That's not that old, bro. Dang. <laughs> right? What? <laughs> Un- wilderness untouched. What are you talking about? Come on. There's a TV. A- from the like 90s. Sorry, that far away. Whatever. Okay. Exactly. They had flat screen TVs then. It was just, they were like, anyway, I had figured I'd give Sandy the option to have some, uh, some place to lay down for a while, despite the fact that he slept curled up in, uh, with me nine times out of 10. Close to 10 o'clock at night, Sandy looked straight at the wooden door and whined. I figured he needed to piss and open the door to let him out. Not worried about having my best friend stray too far from me. And said he just sat inside the door looking out at the forest edge beyond the path. I stood and looked for a few minutes before deciding he had just heard a, a rant critter close to the cabin. The rest of the night was fairly normal and Sandy slept fine with uh, me. The second night I chalked the wilderness up to Sandy's stress, the weirdness up to Sandy's stress. Earlier in the day, we had been walking a few miles through the woods beyond the house, and I thought I heard a sound of twigs cracking under something heavy. I hoped it wasn't a moose because my shotgun wouldn't have stood a chance, but something changed in Sandy that I didn't pay close attention to at the time. He hunched himself on his hind legs, his front pressed close to the ground, his mouth pulled up over his teeth and he growled towards nothingness. I figured we'd try hunting again later if whatever it was had left and should he be feeling up to it. But once we were inside, he didn't want to move. Even when I tried to get him to go outside and do his business, he sat at the door and cried, wailing at me to let me know that he did not want to go out there. Okay, so then if your dog is acting kind of funny, you leave. You know what I mean? And he has a car. Yeah. (laughs) Go home. Like, there has been no encounters with animals. There's no chance he has rabies in that moment. Just go home. Yes. You know? Like, like, come on. Right? Sandy? Huh? I said, right? Ugh. I don't know. I'd probably not... I'd probably chalk it up to my dog just being weird too. Cause my dogs do dumbass shit all the time, like randomly. Yeah. And like, I freak out in the middle of the night and then I come down like with a gun and shit and there's nothing there. And my dog is like barking at its reflection in the night, the sliding glass door. I always believe cookie. <laughs> always. 
the one who is just like throwing up like a dying animal next to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sandy. <laughs> um, I, it didn't pressure. I didn't pressure him. If he pissed on the floor, so be it. Sandy never acted up before. I could excuse an accident or two if he really didn't want to be out there. It must have been a bear, I thought, before locking the door and calling it a night. The third night is when things went to hell. No sleep, and I still don't fully understand what happened. Sandy didn't eat all day. I managed to shoot a rabbit in the early morning when Sandy decided he didn't want to be outside any longer than he had to and retired inside for the day. I cooked it up to... Uh, I cooked it up, threw a little gravy on it, and gave it to my dog. I I didn't do this all the time, but I figured now was a special occasion and maybe a treat would put him in a better mood for another walk the next day. Sandy didn't touch it. He didn't so much as sniff it. Instead, he sat at my side on the couch watching the doorway intently. I tucked him under one of my arms and he laid his head on my lap. Eyes still locked on that door. He's like, bitch, let's go. I know, like, there's no one there. You're in the middle of the wilderness. At that point, if, like, my dog is feeling uncomfortable, like, obviously, two uh, two heads are better than one. But, like, the, the second one is not cool. Like, their head is not clear. It's very uncomfortable. It's time to go. Yeah. She should have left on night two. Right? In the morning. Yeah. Like, morning of day three, she should have been gone. Yeah. Close to three hours of watching grainy VHS tapes. Okay, if you're watching three hours of grainy VHS tapes and your dog is getting a little crazy, you're asking why for aren't it. you saying why aren't you saying like, hey, maybe somebody can like meet me halfway? At that point, you know, I wouldn't even just drive home. I'd be calling bitches and be like, hey, okay, I'm really uncomfortable. Can you just like meet me halfway? You don't have to come up here. I just, I just, just meet me halfway. Okay, it'll be like an hour. Let's go. You know? Shit. No, because that's how I would die. I'd be like, Vanessa, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dying. <laughs> I hate you. Um, so, okay, close to three hours of watching grainy VHS tapes on an outdated television set. Sandy started crying, hugging himself close to my body. This is where my judgment took me down the wrong path for the first time of many. It must sound silly being my dog's protector rather than my dog than my dog being mine, but this was my family. I figured if there was something out there that was scarring Sandy so bad that it was my job to do something about it. Now I loaded they care. My- now they huh? care. I said now they care. Right? The fuck? I loaded my 4.10, 4.10. Is that what I'm assuming? I'm assuming it's like a shotgun. So I loaded my gun of some sort, opened the door and stood in the doorway and waited. Now you're just asking for it. Yeah. The dog doesn't like that door. Keep it closed. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <sighs> I must have waited at least a half hour staring into nothing there was barely any sound save for a faint buzz of insects and leaves rustling in the cold autumn wind moose aren't elegant creatures and if it were a moose i would have heard it coming um around the 40 minute mark sandy took off like a shot into the darkness of the trees beyond the path 
barking wildly. I started to get worried despite my knowledge that my dog isn't entirely helpless in the wilderness. There was still bigger animals that would have liked to take a bite out of him if there wasn't a lot of food in the winter. I heard Sandy's bark fade away in the distance and then stop altogether. I waited hours standing in the dory with my shotgun cocked and ready to put down whatever it was that was waiting in the woods. I waited for hours for Sandy to come back to my, to the house. I waited until the sun was crackling through the trees and then waited until that night sitting on the porch step feigning off sleep deprivation to see my dog come back they didn't go looking for their dog all fucking day all or it looks like all night all day all night and then another day what bandy did not come back but for another three days so this this person had been in the wilderness for six days First three days, dog is uncomfortable. Dog dips, comes back three days later, and you still haven't left, right? Or you just been sitting there on the porch with the door open when it shouldn't have been open in the first place. What is is wrong with you? So rude, right? So fog had rolled in at that point, and it was getting darker. The night pointing. Painting the sky a navy blue, tracking over the last few days proved futile, and I started to get worried that I need to leave and find more provisions to last me the next few nights. I couldn't leave Sandy up there, lost in the woods, cold and probably hungry. The thought that he might be waiting out there for me to find him and bring him back home was distressing enough. Leave the door open. You're good at that. Right. So you're saying all of this, you're thinking all of this six days later after your dog fucking dipped out. Like, oh, I need to go back into town to get some more food. We'll just leave the door open. Like, (laughs) that's what got you in the mess in the first place. Wow. Jesus Christ. Person. Right. I was packing the bag that hung on the coat rack next to the door with what I need for the next day's trip. I figured tomorrow would be the last day before I'd go into town and see if my father would help me find Sandy. He was a retired graying man. And, but I was sure if I brought it up Sandy's name, he'd be more than willing to help me search for him. Thankfully, Sandy came back before I'd even finished that train of thought. I saw him from the window on the path that led down the main road, a few dozen feet away from the house. Normally, I hear him scamper to the doorway and paw at the door a few times, eager to come in, but this was different. I could see the reflection in his eyes, as green as pearls in the murky fog that had swamped the house. For a moment, I thought it might be an animal, but the outline of his body, it was wisp of thick, low-lying clouds, was unmistakable. Yes, those dogs are beautiful. Jesus Christ, you killed your dog. Still, despite myself, I hesitated. There was something different about his body language. Yeah, he's pissed. It's called I rabies. started out... right he's mad all right he had to do something he didn't want to do and he'd been warning you for days yeah i stared out the window for a few more moments before reason overcame my gut instinct sandy could be hurt i thought or worse or worse what ray flung the door (laughs) yeah i flung the doorway open but he didn't come right away instead he stood there watching me intently And when he didn't move, I whistled to him. Here, Sandy. I coaxed him towards the house. Here, boy. 
The way he moved was different. It was as though his hips had been dislocated. The angle of his paws changed direction with every step as though he'd forgotten how to walk properly. His head was bowed to the ground, but his teeth were bared. He didn't seem aggressive. I only thought I could describe it as that he just gave me the look he gave me was sheepish. Like he just gotten into something he wasn't supposed to. And I yelled at him for it. There is something wrong with this person. Like your dog is in distress. If his teeth are bared, that means he's stressed out. Jesus Christ. I thought he might've hurt himself hopping up onto the elevated step if he dislocated his hips, but he did just fine. His back half swung a little oddly enough and his paws almost folded underneath him, but he didn't go sprawling. He sat there on the step and didn't take his look off me. It wasn't until I had moved from the doorway completely, opened the door wide and waited for him to walk in that he moved straight to his bed. He didn't stop at my hand to sniff at me. He didn't wait for pets or jump on me like he used to. It was straight to his bed where he sat and watched me for quite some time afterwards. He has a parasite. He's <laughs> it is parasite. He is a parasite taking over his brain and the parasite is watching you. You fucked up. Um, I returned to the movie at hand. I called him a few times, but he didn't respond. His ears didn't so much as raise to the sound of his voice or a pat on the ha- hand on the worn out couch beside me. I had missed my buddy, but I wasn't about to move him physically towards me. There was something about him that said I shouldn't have let him in, but I chalked it up to silliness. And a few hours later, I went to bed. This thing. Okay. You are, you keep making these weird decisions. Yeah. So you're, so now your dog is acting funny and you're just like, Oh, it's, he's just being silly. Right. (laughs) This person's going to die. Yeah. Uh Um, He sat there like a statue. Oh, the more I think back on it, I don't recall him blinking once. Oh Oh my my God. God. Take your dog out back and just old yeller it. (laughs) You've already fucked up enough. (laughs) He sat there like a statue. And when I turned off the light, I could still see the reflection of the jade green following me as I went into my room and shut the door. So like he wasn't blinking. You turned off the light and scary dog eyes were like following you. Okay. I mean, you've just spent like, you know, a whole week in the woods, you know, obviously nothing scares you. I think there's another sociopath. This person is just making all the wrong decisions. Right. I could have sworn I heard him walk into the night, walk in the night, the sound of nails clicking against the wooden floor coming up to the door of my room, but they were slow and deliberate. They weren't like the quickness of Sandy realizing I'd gone to bed and coming to curl up. I heard the noises stop outside of my bedroom, but I didn't hear his whine. I thought nothing of it and fell into a deep sleep. When I woke up in the morning, I figured it must have been a dream. Sandy was still sitting in the upright position I left him in when I went to bed. It was as though he didn't move a muscle the entire night. And when I said good morning, he didn't so much as wag his tail. 
He did follow me into the kitchen, but he paused at the doorway when I put his bowl on the floor and filled it up with supermarket dog food. Once again, his back half moved weirdly as he slowly made his way towards me. There was a nagging feeling that something was off. You oh think? Oh my God. You think? Putting about if, the way he looked that day. It was he like he was fucked up. Then he's fucked up. Like he didn't right? even like touch his dog to see anything. Like right? there was nothing. This person should not have a dog. Nope. <laughs> it was like he had gotten a little longer overnight. So like he grew, maybe like his spine's disconnected somewhere, like holding on by a sliver because he got fucked up by something. You didn't even check. No. You didn't touch your dog at all. You didn't do a once over. Exactly. Sandy hunched hunched down again like when he was walking to the door the night before. He didn't come into the kitchen. I figured he must be hungry being out in the wild for so long. But he eyed me like he was waiting for me to come a little closer rather than touch the food. It goes without saying that after a few moments of the staring contest between me and my unblinking dog... (laughs) I called off that foolishness and called his name out loudly, not even a flinch. I didn't want to move closer to my dog to leave the kitchen door, but this was my Sandy. And the most damage he'd ever done was eat flies. Sure enough, as I passed him, he turned and his body swayed unnaturally, but he didn't move towards me. When I left that day, I couldn't find anything. The deer tracks and the mud were made a few days prior and went cold off naturally, made trails through the woods. I couldn't hear bugs or birds or even the howl of a nearby coyote. The only sounds from miles away from the campsite were my own breathing and the sound of crunching leaves underneath my feet. When the sun started to set, I I started making my way back but i should have just packed my shit and left like oh days ago God. like days ago day two day two okay. right like first day you you know you get in you get your bearings day two things are fucked up not looking good just leave you don't no. even don't even try for the third day come on man no. <laughs> Just behind the cluster of trees with the house just visible beyond the rise, I figured I found out the reason why the animals had abandoned the place. Generally, when there are mass animal deaths, that usually means that something is wrong in the area of uh, of the slaughter. The wildlife are usually smart enough to get the hell out of Dodge. Hmm. Yeah, they are. Except Even you. even cats are bred instinctively not to like drinking from water that is close to where their food is because if you saw a dead animal close to a stream you'd figure the stream was tainted and find another source of water hundreds of squirrels were disemboweled and strewn across the grass in an almost perfect circle most of them were skinned alive but when I turned to heave up all the contents in my when I turned to heave up all the contents of my stomach, there were a few dozen that were inside out. So you just found a buttload of small animals like turned inside out. Okay. And you're I still help, there. Right? Just chilling. He's, he has time to puke. That's what he's saying. I couldn't help but vomit repeatedly as I tried my best to walk around the circle of tiny organs no, and see, mash you're up. still there. 
Mm-hmm. And mashed up bodies, not just over the site, but because the smell was ungodly. I don't know how long they had been out there, but <laughs> but if I stumble across this sooner, I'd left with Sandy in tow immediately after. You're a liar. liar. Sandy had been telling you there's gross dead things out there that's probably not all right. Get the fuck out of Dodge. And he's just like, oh, if I saw this earlier. No, your dog was acting weird. You should have just left. Yes. Gradually, the body stopped and delved off into a random dead squirrel here and there. The biggest thing I managed to find, just a few feet off the unholy feeding ground, was a deer. It looked as though something had decided to skin it alive from hide to neck and drape some of the skin over a branch like someone was tanning the hide i don't know how long it had been there but it smelled like it had been dead for quite some time despite the fact that there wasn't a single fucking fly the head had been cut off clean just above the shoulders and when i realized the organs had been removed i moved from a walking pace through the forest to a jog just a jog just a jog (laughs) okay Mm-hmm. Thankfully, the cabin wasn't too far off. I heaved one final time, wiped my mouth off on the back of my sleeve, and looked up to the house to see Sandy watching me from the window. I tried to reason with myself and could tell myself Sandy's uh, odd behavior could have been trauma. Hmm. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I know it's stupid to think it now, but at the time, it was Mm -hmm. the only reasonable explanation I had to keep myself from going insane. The elongating body could have just been the loneliness getting to me. Sandy had realized there was something up with this place, and the second he noticed, it should have been taken. uh, I should have taken his warning and taken off back into town. Yeah. I mean, okay, so like he had been warning you for three days before he left and then three days he came back a little funky and then you're still there the next day and then the next day instead of going back into town you go into the woods and find a bunch of disemboweled animals so like i'm not believing you bro like Uh i'm not believing you lies Mm -hmm. all lies Mm-hmm. Once the door was shut behind me, I started packing the food and the essentials back into boxes, moving quickly to try and get my things into the truck before night came. It'd be dangerous to try and maneuver my way through the trails at night. Well, I mean, you had the next bright early morning to just leave. Okay. It'd be dangerous to try and maneuver my way through the trails at night as the hills of the Kelly's mountain were steep and in pitch darkness. My only way, uh, my, with my only companion being my headlights, it would have been easy to slide off a ravine and never be heard from again. Yeah. Sounds rough. I didn't want to stay one more night, but I had no choice. See, you know what? You just had a lot uh-huh. of choices. Ah, you know, Making like, all the wrong ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had gotten back to the house just moments before the sun finally receded past the horizon. And we were bathed in navy blue sky once again. I didn't pay attention to Sandy. He just sat at his bed and watched me pack. I figured no harm, no foul. I'll throw his stuff in the truck in the morning and we'd be back in town before night the next day. 
Glancing at him for just a moment, it was a passing thought that he was looking a little longer today. And when I went to bed, it was a hard time getting to sleep for the next few hours. It must have been close to four or five in the morning when I heard it. The sound of whistling, the same whistle I used to call my dog. I broke out of a cold sweat and then realized that whoever slaughtered those squirrels, hung the skin up, left what he didn't need, could have very well broken into my house. The door to my room didn't make a sound as I opened it slowly. Thankfully, I waited a moment, listening to someone call my dog for a few more seconds before I dared poke my head out of the door frame to get a good look at whoever it was that could have hurt Sandy. I feel like you hurt Sandy. Right. Yeah. I I agree more. The outside door was open. All I saw was the back half of Sandy too long and lanky, almost coiled around the back of the door. His front half was outside. Whatever that was that had impersonated my dog, it was whistling slowly, calling for Sandy. I could have sworn that it had hunched down to the ground again and said, Sandy, in the most ungodly voice I've ever fucking heard. I closed the door just as softly as it opened. I didn't know how long I waited with my back pressed against the door. I knew I left my gun in the bag and the coat rack. I did. I know I didn't sleep. I waited until I saw the sun break over the horizon. Then I waited some more until it must have been midday and finally got the balls to open the door again and make a break for the truck. I would have died in that place. Sandy was gone and the door was open. His food was untouched, but the fridge was open and all of the meat was gone. I didn't bother packing his stuff. I just threw my bag over my shoulder, made my way to the Ford as fast as I could and turned on the ignition. I can't describe the feeling that overcame me as I realized that I had to leave Sandy in this place. The thought that he could be dead was never a thought in my mind. I don't think I could have coped with the knowledge that whatever I allowed in my house... Whatever disemboweled those animals could have done the same with him. Okay, okay, okay. So then you woke up in the middle of the night with your freaky ass dog hanging in and out of the door, right? Open front door. Like, I don't know what, do you not know how to lock doors? Like, goddamn. And then you were like, okay, I'm just going to close my door and disassociate. My bedroom door, I'm just going to close it because that is all the protection I need from my big ass door open and things out in the outside calling for my dog that may not have like a spine attached. Like, come on. And then you get scared. Now you're finally scared. You're finally scared. And you still leave your dog. I don't know. I would have left Sandy too. Well, I mean, at that point, yeah, but like he could have left. And then when the dog came back all funky, he could have left. Yeah. Immediately. And I mean, immediately. Like the dog exactly. to the vet or something. Get euthanized. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I made my way down the winding paths and roads as fast as I possibly could without veering off the cliff. I felt like the I was turning in circles down this labyrinth that would take me back to that house. But when I reached the pavement, 
On the stretch of road back to town, I felt relief wash over me, thinking I was safe. Just as I was pulling off into the cement, I felt something hard hit the back windshield, sending broken glass into the passenger seat. I only got a glimpse of the deer decapitated head catching on the unbroken glass and tumbling into the back seat. I cried for most of the way home, hands clutching steering wheel so hard my knuckles were white. So your car just got hit by a, a, by deer. a, a deer? Uh-huh. And no, a decapitated deer head. Okay. So someone or something threw the deer head into the back of the car. Something, something spooky happening in your house? No, I thought I saw baby movement. Uh, okay. I wish I could have leave this off with a positive note. No sleep. I wish I could have tell tell you that I found Sandy at home waiting for me. I wish I could tell you that there was an end of it. A traumatizing experience in the wood that I'll get over with time. Last night, I found it hard to sleep. I kept replaying the entirety of my trip to Kelly's Mountain in my head. I figured it wouldn't have it wouldn't be sleeping for, I figured I wouldn't be sleeping for a while and laid there listening to the wind through my open window. I could, could have sort sworn. I heard the whistle I used to call my dog with coming from the forest edge. If you go on trips with your dog, no sleep. I advise that you don't let them out of your sight for too long. Come back. Uh, what comes back might not be your dog. Or, or if your dog is acting weird, you just go home. Um, I taught the next one is I taught my dog to talk through buttons, and now I wish I hadn't. Oh, I don't think we have enough time for another story. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that one sounds funny. Oh, you know, yeah. Maybe we'll. Read it on the next episode. Who knows? On the next episode. Okay. But yeah, but no. I wonder what happened to that dog. It's dead. It was probably dying it was when it came a back. Dog. Yeah. Fucked up. Exactly. Maybe it had like a brain eating amoeba or like a parasite or rabies. Like rabies is a thing. Or maybe like it got like beaten up by whatever was out there and its spine was like barely hanging on. Yeah, I think it was a zombie dog, and I think that owner failed their dog. Miserably. Like, like, oh, I would never go camping with that person. No. If they told me they that see, story, I'd be like, you're stupid. That's your fault. Exactly. You see, like, birds, like, leaving in swarms. They're going to be like, oh, we got to go against the birds because, like, whatever's there is going to be big, and we're going to kill it. And I'm going to be like, no, nah, bro, like, Ugh. No, if, the, no. if it's too quiet in the wilderness, that means something bad's happening. I mean, I don't know. Like, I've never been hunting before, um, and the wilderness is nice when it's curated for me. Like, I like it like that. I don't know. Yeah. No. I agree. I don't... I'm a city slicker. That's what I am. I am both, but like living next to woods, like I know when the woods end and where they start. 
like it is like you can you can understand it you know what i mean but like it to be in such a vast plane of just forest yeah where there where you cannot comprehend the start or end or wherever that would freak my shit out like the ocean freaks me out yeah i don't lakes think i'd be too me out. lakes yeah why would lakes freak you out um because you can't see at the bottom sometimes you know well yeah so but too green you don't know what's in there monsters i mean yeah but like lakes are i don't know they're less scary than the ocean to me it's all scary (laughs) all of it my house is scary your house is not your house is scary because it like there's no regulated temperature in your house and then it's old. So it makes noises and you know, you did live, used to live next to like maybe a meth lab. So. Well, the other house, the house behind us that we shared a fence with always had SWAT there. Like for real two times SWAT was there. Oh, your old house? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm talking about the current, the house that you're currently in. Oh, yeah, the people to our right definitely sell sell drugs. Yeah, so that would be scarier because, like, what if their house blows up and blows your house up because they have, like, a meth lab going, you know? Yeah, that's... Or, yeah, or, like, there's just, like, um... I mean, crackheads aren't that scary, you know, but like those, those people that are on like those alternative drugs. And I don't want to say alternative because I think drugs are alternative anyway, but like those funky drugs that like give you like no inhibition and just like make you go into your lizard brain. And then all of a sudden, like, you're just like a zombie eating people's faces off. That would freak my shit off. Yeah. Now, okay, so, like, are basalts, like, real basalts, or, like, they're, like, something like that? I never knew what basalts were. From my understanding, basalts are what you get, like, because they said it was too easily accessible. So, I assumed it was literally basalts that you put in your bath. Maybe. But there's also, like, that crocodile stuff. It's, like, meth with battery acid. Oh my god. And you Who take it like one that? time. Huh? Who comes up with this shit? I don't know. But that person failed Sandy. Yeah, poor dog. They should never have another dog. Ever. Exactly. No. They're irresponsible. Yeah. Poor Sandy. It was probably Sasquatch again. For real. This one's sentient, so it whistles. Yeah. Maybe it became... This is prob- This is my theory. Okay. So I think whatever attacked Sandy decided to, like, put something in Sandy 
or maybe take Sandy's soul out and turned into a different dog because it wanted a dog. So it like kind of was like, oh, this dog's kind of cool, you know? So like now I want this dog. And then told the dog, like, you need to go kill your old owner. And then the whole time, Sandy just like still had a piece of Sandy in it. And that little piece was holding on to the sentiments of its owner and couldn't actually kill it, kill the person, right? So then finally, after like days, the stupid person fucking left, right? And then, or was like, and Sandy just like, was like, no, I can't do it. And the person or the thing called Sandy back. And lied to the person or the thing being like, I killed it, master. Even though Sandy didn't because they couldn't because they were fighting inside. I think the dog got rabies. And had like a really severe spinal injury. (laughs) And the guy had been too much of a crazy person the whole time that he, you know, Things happen in the woods. You hear things. Things happen in the woods, you know? Yeah. But, all right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this little special. That it was fun. Pick some good stories. We'll update you if Vanessa has nightmares. Oh, I'm most likely going to have nightmares. (laughs) You want to go to the haunted house with me? No. Oh. This is as close as haunted as you'll get. (laughs) All right. And I'm definitely going to have nightmares. But I'm so exhausted that I might just pass out. And not drink. That'd be great. Keep your doggies close. Yeah, we leave Cookie out. Uh, Because she's our first light of defense. (gasps) We'd take them both out, but raisin peas everywhere. But Cookie doesn't. Yeah, you don't want Henry eating any more snacks. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Um, you can send your stories to groomerhumor at gmail.com or you can go to our website at shitonthetable.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Shit on the Table. And you can listen to us on Google Play, Amazon Music, iTunes, and Spotify, or really anywhere. And you can also go to our website at shitonthetable.com to listen to us there. And you can tell your friends. Um, I am really tired. I'm out. Bye. Happy Halloween.